Hi, welcome to Juice Podcast. I'm Gwen Douglas. I'm Emily Harmon. And today we're doing a little exploration of Switzerland. Yes, as we're missing traveling so much. Yes. We thought we'd travel at least in our glasses. Yeah, and actually I'm really excited for today because I don't know much about Swiss wine and I think mm. no one does. <laughs> yes. Other than I'm... the Swiss. <laughs> yeah. Other than the people making wine in Switzerland. No, I mean, I think definitely now it's, it's harder and harder to find regions that you haven't right. heard of or places that you don't know. So it's great to still, that they're yes. still out there. Yeah, and I actually think Switzerland is interesting in terms of like an undiscovered area because so many places that we're now, you know, we say discovered, but like these are regions that have like thousands of years of wine history. The thing that's interesting about Switzerland is that economically they do really well, which is probably why people looking for those gems don't look to Switzerland because you think they don't need it, that they don't need the attention or that they don't mm. need the whatever. And actually like, yeah, I mean, winemaking has also a long history in Switzerland and it's kind of in its own close little bubble. So it's actually kind of an exciting place to come and look around. In some ways, it's almost like, I'm just thinking about this now, it almost reminds me a little bit with some of the wines from Austria when they were sort of entering the market because right. in gen- like it's not necessarily a wine, like a bulk wine producing right. exactly. region or country. Which um, Switzerland isn't either. Yeah, and, and then you've got like these sort of higher priced wines. Exactly. And that makes it quite right. difficult for the everyday person to yeah. access, I think. And of course, once like, if you have expensive wines, when you're there, to export them is obviously going to make them even more, more expensive. expensive. And sort of what I was uh, reading a little bit about is how, you know, the Swiss palate, apparently, you know, they import a lot of really nice stuff into Switzerland. People have a bit more money there. Mm-hmm. So they can afford to splurge on some fancier bottles from elsewhere, which from what I was reading means that they like to develop winemaking techniques or, you know, they got their own thing going down yeah yeah. into the biodynamic also a lot of new young winemakers taking over wineries yes yeah so that's exciting i think Mm -hmm. when you have a lot of women a lot of young people yeah trying new stuff yes i'm down so we've got a selection of wine i mean there was some we've got quite a few so we're gonna just kind of taste along and and, try to not get too drunk yeah yeah exactly (laughs) Um, and most of the wines actually, Gwen, you chose today, and some of them were sent to you, right, as yes. well? Yes. So some of these are gifts, because I do work in Switzerland sometimes, in Zurich, and most recently in Lausanne, for the or Montreux, for a, wine con- uh, for a tattoo convention. <laughs> and so one of them was a gift. The red over here, the Clus 177, was a gift from a client who's from Bern. He always brings me great wine. I actually think I brought the... He bought me a magnum of the Lugana that I brought for your birthday. Oh, nice. Yes. yes. So he always picks nice things. Mm. And this is the last of the three bottles he gave me last time. And I want to shout out to him for also giving me a huge bag of Kegifret, which I love from Switzerland. What is that? It's like a wafer. I should have brought some. I'll give you some. I've got a huge stash because of him. Uh, it's like a wafer chocolate bar. Mm-hmm. But it's, you can't really get it. You can sometimes get it here in Germany, like at Christmas or on special occasions. But it's just like a wafery, chocolate, crispy, light, Any delicious. caramel in there or anything? No. no, okay. But it's so delicious. And they usually, you can get them in little things that you put by the side of coffee. But I'm all about the Kegifret. So he brings me wine and Kegifret. And then the Sounds other, like a great guy. He is fabulous. <laughs> he is a, yeah, a really nice guy. A veterinarian. And then the other two are from the Vin de Lausanne, which is the Chasselat, and there's another one over there, the red. red. Yeah. 
that were gifts from my friend Enrico, who is the winemaker. So he made these two wines. Cool. Yeah, when he saw that I posted looking to see where I could buy wines in Berlin, he was like, I'll just send you some, which was really nice because then I get to try some stuff that we possibly can't buy here. Mm. And I met him while traveling so sad we can't travel i met him traveling <laughs> in uh, venice a few years ago just met on a street corner my f- friend francesca and i drinking some prosecco and eating chichetta and he just came over and introduced himself bought a bottle pulled up a piece of sidewalk and we've been friends now since so yeah nice really nice so i'm excited to try his new wines nice and then i i bought a bottle of marcus rook pinot as well and then um, you also organized oh, yeah. a bottle of Mitopia from More Natural Wine. Too. Yes, uh, two bottles from More Natural Wine. I also got the oh, yes. Chasselas de la and then okay. the uh, Mitopia. Pinot yeah. Mitopia from right. More Natural. Yeah. So we've already pre-poured our two whites. So, you don't so have to in the... yes, in the right glass, we've got the Chasselas de la <laughs> from Julien Guillon. Say to that, Julien Guillon. Oh, yeah, I'd say Guillaume. Yeah, 2019. And it's, a, it's interesting because it also says Method Agricole de Rudolf Steiner as well. So I'm assuming that they're working biodynamically. Biodynamically. I actually think nearly everything we have is biodynamic today. Yes. I think well, the two, the one I bought is. Yeah, I think yeah. all of them. I, I know that uh, the Vain de Lausanne are, and I would assume if More Natural is selling these two, yeah. they would be. So, yeah, cool. Yeah. And then, uh, so that's in the first glass. So maybe I'll, we'll... Start with that. Right. That. So this is one of the... I'm really excited, actually, that we have two Chasselas to try, although I think they're from similar regions. Can't remember. Wrote it all down. Interesting. I mean, I don't drink a lot of Chasselas, actually, to be honest. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. But I think it's one of these, like, from what I was... From my small amount of research and from the small part that I absorbed, that Chasselas is sort of their, like... Their drinky wine. Like, the, the wine you go to for just... For drinking. Everyday drinking. Everyday drinking. That mm. it's like neutral from yeah. what I was reading. I mean, it has a smell that makes you want to sort of... This one smells a little bit like a beer to me. You know what it smells like? It smells a little bit like the Mulaturga from Schmidt. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. But less aromatic. Yeah, less aromatic. Yeah. But that same like, like a little hay. Or yeah, little I was like... thinking like almost like chamomile actually. Yeah, actually that's a... Yeah, it's giving me like summer fields. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Yeah, dried grass. There's yeah. a herbal edge to yeah, it totally. too. I can totally see this being like a great picnic wine already just by the smell. And there still is. There's like a little beery mm. edge to it for me. Which... Yeah, totally. It's like beer foam. Yes. Like when you've finished a glass of beer and you smell the glassware. Yes, like or a beer spittoon at a beer festival maybe. <laughs> is anybody using those? <laughs> I just love the word spittoon. <laughs> Such a like cartoon word. Spittoon. Yeah, because also the sound of you spitting into the bucket would also... Like it's a bit onomatopoeia, isn't it? Spittoon. Spittoon. <laughs> mm. I think it's quite savoury in, mm. in the mouth too, actually. I should be spitting. I didn't really eat enough today, but... I mean, we never usually use the spittoons. I don't know why I'm using it today. Right, I because should. Because we've got six wines. Yeah. yeah. She's being more clever than I am. Yeah. But, nice. I, I mean, it's got... Nice, high acidity, yeah. quite fresh. There's a little bit of residual sugar there or something. Bit. I also would be curious to try it after it's been sitting for a bit. I was thinking it could go mousy. I'm curious to see what happens. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm assuming there's no sulfur there. Also, it's not as cold as I would probably like. Yeah. To, I would probably serve it a little colder yeah. than I've got it here. But I would say yeah, like, I'm not sure if it's I'm not sure if it would keep if it was open for multiple days. I, don't, I think yeah, this would be one not. or it would maybe go a bit green or yeah, something. Maybe it's But I, I don't think you would open this and keep it. No, just drink it. Yeah, drink I think it. it's like you'd probably just smash it on the balcony or in yeah. the grass. Hot day by the lake. Yeah, I think it's pretty kind good. of a nice, easygoing. Yeah. Mm. It's pretty zingy. Yeah. It's got actually a real zing. So I'm really curious to try it. Try the other chasse. I'd love to see oh, like... Yeah. So the next one, the one that we've got in the next glass is also a chasse and it's from... This is the Vain de Lausanne one. Okay, is that the name of... That's the pretty... Ville de, Ville de Lausanne. And then... Oh, Ville de Lausanne. And then that's Tunu. Tunu, which means the naked. name of the wine. Yeah, which means naked chasse so it's... Nice. Yeah. And it says Grand Cru Montserrat. Montserrat, yeah. Montserrat. So... 2019. So I should have asked Enrico before... <laughs> Uh, for my notes, uh, he could have done my homework for me. Uh, but I was looking at the website for Vin de Lausanne, and he makes yeah he obviously made these two. But it looks like from the website that it's like it said publicly owned. So mm. does that mean like the city owns it? It's very confusing. Know. So I might have to read more on that later. Maybe it's the premise where he's making the wine is. It's like a group yeah. of estates. Mm. It's like five estates or something. And I'm nice. Yeah. So this is also Demeter certified and it says Bio Swiss. Um, so I'm assuming that's the local yeah. organization there for, uh, for viticulture or maybe for agriculture. And already it's quite a different style. I would say uh, maybe there's some Lee's contact on yep. the wine um, because it definitely has this kind of more creaminess to it in terms mm. of texture and there's almost mm. uh, these autolytic. Totally different. I like this a lot. Yeah, me too. Lovely. Mm. It feels nice, nice in your yeah, mouth. Texture, really good texture. Good acidity, so, so there's like nice freshness to it. But then this mouthfeel to kind of balance it. It doesn't have... Because the first oh, one has a nice long bitterness. Fit, yeah. This has a nice long yeah. finish. Yeah. Definitely yeah, almost more, more of a. I mean, I don't. I mean, I'm not sure. I wouldn't know with the winemaking, but I would assume as well. So I think definitely Lee's work. I possibly, agree. possibly an old barrel, maybe in the hmm. in the production. Well, if Enrico ever comes <laughs> to Berlin, we'll have to have a chat. Yeah, because it's so this is very nice. Yeah, almost a more Burgundian kind of approach. Yeah, that's to kind it. of. I was like, hmm, yeah. actually, because the last time I had a Chasselas was in Switzerland, in Lausanne, just at a hotel. Mm. And I just had a glass, but I remember the acidity not being that high and not enjoying it. So actually, both of these have been... And it still has the same, like, savoury, grassy... Yep. No, I really like that. I mean, it's 12.5% alcohol as well, so lower alcohol. But um, mm. that's delicious. That's really yum. Yeah. And so this that's, grape... That's the pairing for summer fondue. Oh, my God. Summer... Oh, summer night fondues. <laughs> I know. Summer night <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, totally. Yeah. Delicious. Yeah, I actually... So this grape variety is one of these sort of like most loved yeah, Swiss... Or most known yeah. Swiss varieties and most loved, most drank in Switzerland. Mm. Being one of their, I reckon, indigenous, if not made in Switzerland. Yeah, one of their local... One of their key, yeah. key grapes, for sure. That was really yum. That's ridiculously yum, actually. It's really You know, difficult. it's like you have that thing where you're like... It's like I a friend's good. Like when you have like a friend's band and they're like, 
hey, you want to come check out my band? And you're like, oh, God, I like you so much. I hope it's good. <laughs> that makes me really happy. Because you don't want to tell them it's bad? No, but he's yeah. really nice. Yeah. And, you know, when I first met him, such passion about winemaking and really, you know, serious, you know, looking mm. forward to one day having his own winery. So I'm really got pumped to taste this and how delicious it is. It, I mean, they're crazy different. Like, just going back Hugely, to that first yeah. one, when yeah, you smell the first one now, so many dried herbs. It literally smells like dried rosemary, thyme. Oh, yeah, I can totally... Really intense. Very herbaceous. Mediterranean pantry herbs. <laughs> Travelling all yeah, over. Yeah, I guess, like, this one is more, like... I would say this one would be more for like the lovers of really like natty wines, mm. things that are a little a bit more of a challenge. Yeah, a little odd, a little quirky, because mm. it's definitely has like for me the acidity is a little abrasive maybe for my taste. Yeah, because I'm getting sensitive in my old age. But actually, I think on the right day, I would totally smash it because that beer quality on a hot summer day. Sometimes yeah. you get that like yeah. That bitter finish, like having a, a Hoo like beer, like a light beer that gives you that little... Yes. So for me, that, a place. the first Chasselas, the Chasselas de la, that for me is too astringent. Yeah, that's what I just said. It's yeah. too acidic it's for me. It's too, too astri- astringent. And I also think um, there's this natty edge to it where I just feel like it, it just lacks a little bit of purity and a, la- a little bit of um, balance, actually. Right. And I, I think, agree, actually. Yeah, and there's something there where there's this edge of sweetness, just to be really specific. Yeah. There's a sweetness there which I think has the potential for this wine to spoil when open mm. too long. I wonder if that sweetness is also giving it, like in combination with the bitterness, giving it that beer yeah. feeling. Because, yeah, with the mouth feel. You know, like, like when I yeah. said about smelling the, the empty glass of beer, you get that like fermented sugar yes. kind of yes. smell. Yeah. yeah, and I think you're right. It does. It feels like an unfinished ferment. So oh, okay, yeah. interesting. I mean, I don't think it. I don't know if it is, but like that, they're, they're fermentation smells that you're right. that we're smelling yeah, those yeah. beer smells. So yeah, it makes sense. So maybe that's. I mean, actually, that could be a really great um, push for people that are really into beer drinking because I know a lot of people that are super into like Belgian style beers mm-hmm. have been getting more into natural wines, and actually, this is the kind of wine that I would maybe serve to someone who's like bridging the gap. You know, yes. like moving their way over to wine, this could be interesting for a beer drinker. Yes. Yeah. So sometimes it's like not our taste and not for the minute, but I think could be well-placed for someone else in the right moment. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't think... I mean, I would drink that if it was put on the table. Oh, I would. 100%, yeah. Yeah. It's just not, not as complex as the other one. Yeah, and just, for me, not enjoyable in that same way. But I actually am really excited that we got to try two... Ex- like two uh, totally different Chasselas because when I was reading about it, oh, I have to drink one of these, hey? What a problem to have. When you were reading about Chasselas, um, oh, oh yeah. When I was reading about Chasselas that, you know, I was imagining that it would be like the Mully Tea of Switzerland, like a sort of nondescript, they sort of described it as a like drinky, for me, it's, I mean, like, I think more kind of neutral than that, no? I mean, I kind of think, yeah, it's neutral, but it definitely has some character if it's yeah. vinified in a particular way. Because yes. I think, like, to bring out the, the, the creamy, grassy, 
I think there are things that can be played with. Yeah, I mean, I'd be interested to try some with a little bit of skin contact, actually. Yeah, actually. And I, yeah. I think... Give it a bit more texture and... Yeah. Excellent. Hiding behind... It's like we're going to, like, go to battle. We each I know, have, like... A... I know. <laughs> we should do... Well, we have... We've never done a wine battle Oh, wine battle. Us. Is the Metopia in that order for a reason, or...? Nay. Okay. Nay. Nay. I burped <laughs> and said nay at the same time. Okay. Because <laughs> I think it could be good to put... So we were also like, when we were picking stuff, I mean, we just picked, we picked our gifted stuff, but then we were looking, there are six uh, wine regions. Wow, look at the color of that. Yeah, that's, I think, well, we'll see. It's concerning that color, but let's see what happens. Could have been poorly stored. Yeah. Do you want to grab an extra glass? Mm. See. So, um, yeah, so we've got, oh, I now we're moving actually... a bit close. That's why I was like, oh, maybe that's poorly stored because I stored it, but it's not. No. Um, you can smell this quite vegetable, isn't it, coming out of the glass? Yeah, and the colour is very yeah. brown, brown side. Um, so we have um, moved on to red wine now, and we've got four red wines, and the next two are Pinot Noirs. Actually, I think the next three will be Pinot Noirs. Uh, no, the one on the end is not Pinot. So the so two three Pinots. three Pinots then. Oh yeah, because I've I bought forgot one, about. Remember? Jeez Louise, we're drowning in Pinot Noirs. So yeah, three Pinots and yeah. one other one. And Pinot Noir is like a really important grape yes, in Switzerland. Yes, totally. So it came yeah. to Switzerland uh, from Burgundy because they're really close proximity to each other. Um, so I think when I was reading, it would have ended up in Switzerland. I can't remember if it was 16th or 17th century, but it's been there a long time. So mm. yeah, it definitely has like a... It smells like sauerkraut. Um, <laughs> a very conservative. So, uh, that's okay. Let's we can see. talk about why that yeah. would happen because yeah. that it's not always yeah. anyone's fault. I mean, it's someone's fault. But <laughs> <laughs> so we've got first off. Let's start with 2017 Pinot Noir Gal from Marcus Rook. Um, so this is the wine that I bought, and I have tried these wines a couple of times, but don't know them in any depth but just yeah, cool. know him and also the next one that you bought the Metopia being like some of the most I guess highly regarded producers in Switzerland like they're all the ones the that get out I know. More, yeah. exactly yeah, okay. and they're the ones you know in London these guys are building up quite a reputation newcomer in Port yeah, cool. oh, okay cool because um, so, yeah. that's actually something that I also wrote down was that you know there's a reason we don't know anything about Swiss wine only between one and two percent of Swiss wines are exported outside of Switzerland which is like nothing and 60% of that 1% or 2% ends up in Germany. So the number two is England and the USA being third. Oh, and Japan, sorry, Japan and uh, USA being third and fourth. So, hmm. yeah, of course, if there are a couple that are making it out into the world, they would be the ones that, yeah. Yeah, that we hear about. Um, so Marcus Rook, uh, originally from Switzerland, moved back to Switzerland in, in 2007, set up his own winery, it's three hectares in, in total, Kletgau, the name of this wine, is named after the valley where he's located. Okay. Um, so it's a blend. I think this is a blend of multiple parcels, which is why it's got that name. Or small parcels. And working completely biodynamically, again, as we said, yeah. it seems to be I think uh, the trend quite is, common. Yeah, there. I think the trend is in Switzerland, maybe much like Austria, where they just sort of took on these, they're like, yeah, cool new stuff, we're on it. Yeah. They've got the money, the time. Actually, that's something I, I was reading about is that because so many of the people taking over wineries, they don't have to. It's mm. like comfortable. The winemaking becomes like a labor of love rather than like a money-making operation where they can, they have more time and money to spend on it than mm. like other winemakers that are maybe... In like, other regions. Yeah, right, or other okay. countries that are yep. maybe struggling yeah, with this. 
So in this region anyway, um, there are around 400 hectares under vines. He's got three, so just under 1%. Oh. So you can see it's, he's a small producer, but it's not a huge region. It's very small. And uh, the vineyards are based on uh, clay limestone, but heavily uh, lime, limestone-rich soils. So quite similar to what you see in Pinot Noir, yeah. other Pinot Noir regions. And he's using only Swiss clones, not oh, French clones. Oh, interesting. Because cool. because of uh, his his view is that the the those clones are more adapted to the the climate and, sure, the, right. and the terroir there. Yeah. I also wanted to say earlier about Lausanne uh, being this like when we're talking about terroir because this is the is this the one that's from more north. This, yeah, so Kletgau, and so this is near to uh, Schaffhausen, which is very close to the German border, not far from Lake okay. Constance, Bodensee. So then would it be like a cooler, is it cooler there in that area you think? like I think maybe compared to some of the other wines that we're coming from. Yeah. And I think obviously, like anything, the decision of the, when the right. winemaker decides to pick, right. the soil okay. type and, yeah, right. and how, the altitude and the, and the slope and cool, where it's because I'm like curious to see the other... Because I know that Lausanne, when I was reading, also they say that it's like the area of three sunshines, that you get the lake, the sun, and the hot rocks, that you end yep. up with a lot of warmth that maybe is different. I don't know Switzerland so well. Yeah. But this is a conundrum. It smells so different to how it tastes, because it smells like cherry candy to me. Yeah, it does. I mean, like, for me... Like, it's crazy. And it does have almost a, Burgund- a Burgundian pro- uh, approach to it, because you've got the, that lovely cherry fruit... There's this aromatic floral edge, but at the same time, there's that pencil shaving yeah. note. It sort of doesn't have the leafiness. That's the. It's sort of missing that on the nose, mm-hmm. but it hits you in the in the mouth. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost smoky. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and that, like I said, that graphite pencil kind of mm. note. Palette's lovely. Yeah, really. High nice. acidity, very fine tannin. I love that little smoky... And you know that that tannin's also... I think it's also coming from a bit of wood. Yeah. But it feels like high-quality wood. I didn't check. I'm actually not that interested in, right. in uh, wood processes <laughs> in wineries, but um, so that was just laziness yeah. on my side or mm. lack of maybe being a bit despondent about that. But, um, but yeah, I think there's... From my experience, I think there's definitely some high-quality wood there, probably Yeah, it's just that used. little, like... Yeah. I mean, this is a yum. I... In my head, I suddenly imagine. I imagine suddenly like a uh, like small game on a grill, mm. <laughs> like on a Japanese grill or something. Like That'd a little, amazing. like yeah, pigeon or grouse quail. or quail. Yeah, all of these mm. little. I've eaten a lot of quail this mm. year, but that that's what that made me think mm. of. I want it. You could totally stand up to a little barbecue because of that yes. little wood end bitter yeah, finish. Yeah, I, I agree. Any like anything grilled or smoky right. would be nice. This but then too intense. Yes, like light meats. Yeah. Yum. Mm. That made me hungry. And apparently the approach to winemaking here is minimal intervention. So I think, um, you know, no filtration, fining, small amounts of sulfur at bottling, obviously just to keep the wine clean. Yeah, right. Um, and I know that this area, like some of the parcels that he's working with date back to the 14th century. Wow, so amazing. it's definitely, an, you know, there's an established wine culture and wine right. growing culture in this area. Well, this is also something I wanted to touch on because... because uh, Switzerland is so close to Burgundy. I think it's really interesting to note how the wineries have survived over time because they're similar ages in terms of, you know, since stuff came from Burgundy. But then we know with Burgundy that parcels are split up often into tinier and tinier pieces as people inherit. Whereas the opposite is true in Switzerland where you're not allowed to split up wineries. They really, there's so many laws to protect wineries staying whole. So, like, if you inherit 
a winery, you can't split it up into three parcels between you and your brothers and sisters. It has to remain the same. So all three can own it and operate together, but you can't, you can't chop it up. Mm. Which well, is, I don't know if that's good or not. I think it's good. I think it's bad. interesting. Yeah, it is. It's like I'd like to ruminate on that a little bit. Yeah. So I actually think like that is interesting in the sense that like things don't get split up. But you know, most of these people, from what I was looking at, the people inheriting now, it's not their main sources. They're not forced to. Now, also, women can take over wineries, which also wasn't historically happening in Switzerland. Yeah, right. Because I mean, the women's rights were pretty pretty slow and pretty later. <laughs> like yeah. Like, it wasn't until, like, the 70s or something that women could even vote in Switzerland, which is really late, considering how we view Switzerland. Also for a country located where it is as well, yeah, you totally. would think. Yeah, I think, but that's what's really interesting about Switzerland in terms of language, culture. They are kind of in their own... They're kind of an island close to all these European countries, but mm. really with their own minds, their own language, their own... I mean, Swiss German is... It's impossible to understand. I know, but fascinating linguistically because it's like not cons- it's like it's like not a thing. It has no written form. It's really an interesting yes. place. Yes. So that was delicious. <laughs> on to the next I'm one. I'm a bit concerned now. We're both concerned. I know I'm a bit concerned. We're too. both concerned. So the next one we've got is Metopia and it's Pino or Pino because it's it's the pie sign with N O underneath and I don't know ah it's 14 the vintage. Aha. Uh-huh. And it's labelled Heroic Alpine Wine just there as well. I wonder if it's also the age. Maybe it's just past it. So let's have a look. We might have just missed the boat on this one. Yeah. So it's 14. Um, the colour's really like on the verging on Yeah, I mean, brown. It's, it yeah. is. It's very... It's, it's very brown. It's, I would say <laughs> garnet, yes. I'm like, it's very brown. <laughs> it has got a bricky colour for yeah. sure. That's the nice way to say yeah. brown. And when you brick. do pour, I mean, it's now it's. I actually kind of like the smell of sauerkraut, but I don't like it in wine. And but it's very dominating. <laughs> yes, it's very dominating. There is definitely a vegetal edge to it, and I don't know because if I haven't tried this vintage of this wine very much. What, whether it differs so much from the original style. Yeah, and how also like what's it? Yeah, what's it like when it's when it's a new so, vintage, right? right? So um, but you know, you know, sometimes that sauerkraut. You, I mean, I don't know. We'll have to see what it tastes like. But yeah. you can work with all kinds of things. But yeah, quite vegetal on the nose. I would say behind that, there's yeah, kind there of like some... this smoky yeah. smokiness. It does have some like fruit buried deep in the back there. Kind of reminds me of like the jars of Italian cherries, not the maraschino, but the other kinds of cherries, the more yeah. fermented ones. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy because I was only smelling it before and now I've tasted it. And it is much better on the palate. Oh, it's very smoky. Mm. Big smokiness, yeah. These guys are also organic. Um, the soils are different here. Calcaris schist. And uh, Pinot Noir uh, is t- 70% of what they okay. produce as well. Did you get any extra info on Mitopia that you wanted to talk about? Or I know that the winery was set up in 2004. I know nothing. <laughs> the vineyards were conventional and then they were converted. And, and uh, the producer actually said that the vineyards didn't start to really, oh, really? come back until, I think, 2012. Oh, like, wow. There was a lot of work in, in really replenishing oh, wow. the soil because okay. it was so depleted from chemical farming she knows more than i do <laughs> i'm glad she does <laughs> yeah, oh, i don't know i think got... it's it disappears a little the finish isn't so long mm. the but... nose the nose is very unappealing yes right which is for me one of the things i love the most about wine but I, what Me i too. would say is it really does i i do really enjoy it on the palate i and think I th- then mixing it with like dude 
eat it with Austrian food then. Something with like a heavy caraway seed and, and cabbage. Go yeah. for it. Don't fight it. Roll with it. Yeah. Yeah. Cabbage roll with it. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. For those of you listening on audio, you just missed out on some moves, some dance moves. It's like the dad joke moves. <laughs> Woohoo! Cabbage roll with yeah. it. Yeah. But I think, um, no, I, li- I actually like it on the palette and... I was really worried because of when I, we first opened it. She worried me too, it. yeah. Yeah, well, with the colour <laughs> yeah. and the smell, I was like, oh, my God, this wine's oxidised, it's over. Yeah. But on the palette, there's the tannins, is, the tannins are lovely. There's a density to the tannins, but there's a fineness to the tannins. Yeah. There's a smokiness, there's a meatiness on the palette. But it's still very and, delicate. Yeah, and that, I mean, there's still a hint of the sauerkraut, but it's not dominant like it is on no, the nose. No, you don't taste it as much as you smell yeah. it. Mouth breathe when you're drinking it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to try and do that. Because like smelling is such a big, I mean, it's also, I mean, it's basically why I got interested in wine at all. But smells. actually it totally changes the experience. If you do that. So I did it. So I inhaled and then I exhaled and then I drank the wine and then I breathed in. But actually, and it was delicious. But I wonder whether that's no, like... Now fine. I'm like, hmm. I, I mean, this is the kind of stuff you can manipulate with glassware, right? Yeah. Then you just put it in a glass that has a smaller mouth opening so that you're... No, but then that might like, concentrate. Oh, yeah. Or something wider. very open. Yeah. 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 Play yeah. around with that. Just put it in a tumbler. Yeah. <laughs> just plug your nose. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You know those earplugs? You can just reuse them. Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but actually... Put your swimmer's nose on. No, but if you do try again in the way that you said... I'm really aware of my breathing. The thing that's really funny is like the cabbage smell is kind of interesting because you know sometimes like we have that initial thought but you can like change your perception of what the cabbage is because I actually think if you like when I smell it again the cabbage thing could also be like that very dried raisiny smell with a little pharmacy smell. Dried raisin in the medicine cabinet. True. I think all three of those things are there. But yes. So like, just change it. Like, if yeah. I think less about cabbage. I, can still, I still think the sauerkraut thing is there because you get it on <laughs> totally. the finish. It's so like... But I think, I think those other notes are yeah. there too. There's definitely this medicine yeah. cabinet thing and that's the development as yeah. well, right? Like it's a, I mean, it's an, quite an extreme natty wine right. that's eight From years 2014, old. From 2014, yeah. Eight years old, seven yeah. years old. Shit, that's a long time. Seven, I mean, yeah. seven years. I mean, time flies. Hmm. Yeah, really interesting. But I have to say, that trick with the mouth breathing where you don't smell it is to actually... I know it's really bad, but it's actually changed it for me because yeah, totally. it's actually really enjoyable on the palate. Really fascinating, palette. right? Yeah. Actually, that would be an interesting, like, blind taste day. No nose. The no nose blind taste. <laughs> I imagine, like, I'm always choking on food and drink at home. That would be the episode I would choke, for sure. I think as well, because when you're not smelling it, Especially if you hold yeah. your nose. Because you know there's this test that they do. Mm. They do. So they. When I mean they, I mean... <laughs> the man. There's a test that you can do. <laughs> the man. The they. Him. Yeah. The man. One. But yeah, yeah so um, if you hold your nose and then you put something in your mouth, food or drink, and then... <laughs> food or drink. specific. Put it in your mouth and then do this and then... Let's say it's wine. Swirl it around, <laughs> and then you let go and breathe oh, out of your nose. You get this like hit of like how you taste because oh, you know very it's interesting. Yeah, the olfactory response. So like getting a, a more heightened olfactory response because oh, you've got that difference between 
not having it to having yeah, it. Yeah, it's like the contrast becomes yeah. much better. And that's greater. quite interesting to do that with that one. Yeah. I mean, I would buy it again, mostly because it's kind of interesting. And I would yes. be curious to see what other vintages taste like. Because we've kind of gone like way to the back into the archives yes. rather than maybe tasting this one a bit fresher. Yeah. So one to revisit. Definitely. Oh, burp. Excuse me. That was, that was quite a dramatic kind of chest <laughs> movement then, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh. no. I'm going to try that one again. Mm. I mean, I... That's an interesting line. It's like growing on me, actually. Yeah, because it's funny. There is like almost a touch of oxidation because there is a faint nuttiness, but the structure of the wine and the intensity of the wine is still very much there. It totally has... And now I'm like getting more medicine cabinet band-aid. Yeah, maybe there's a bit of breath there. But I think it could be the... I think there is a tiny bit. Yeah. It has a bit of that like... Germaline. Yeah. But I think... Um, no, I actually... Do you know what's funny? Because I really was like, oh, no. But there's much more this. to talk about it, even though it's... Yeah, and also I feel like that's a bottle of wine because it's it's changing a lot in the glass, but in an interesting way. It's an experience. Yeah, I think I would drink yeah. that bottle of wine quite quickly, actually. Because you'd be trying to figure it out. Yeah. It's actually funny that you say that because we did it a couple mm. times where we did some tastings with friends where everyone brings a covered bottle and then you, you have to drink it the whole time covered, though horrible do not recommend it because you end up just getting so smashed because you can't you're everyone's trying to figure it out everyone's trying to bust the other and then you're like just going for it instead of like "Mm, i'm just enjoying myself it becomes the entire focus very stressful Uh, my 28th birthday was like that (laughs) we were i think we were 16 people having dinner this is when you could be 16 people having dinner and and then we all bought wines but we did them all blind it would stress me out but also because like some bottles we only had one of so you, oh, shit, so you literally had like um, everyone bought like at least two bottles oh shit so you had like sometimes literally this much you'd just, just be like, like well no you just shot it because you'd have yeah. like just a taste and then you'd be like next wine please so we were just oh, I mean God. we were so drunk by the end of it but it was amazing because yeah, when it's just a little sip you're like no it's just a sip you put the whole thing in your mouth rather than whole thing in your mouth yeah <sighs> <laughs> this yes. episode is going to be called Freudian s- yeah, lips. The innuendo episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very interesting. Both of these. It's funny to go back to the other one now. After, I mean, the other one seems like super fruity now, doesn't it? I know it? it's like, yeah, funny. So actually, really, it, sh- it shows often when we go back and try things that the order is really important. Context is everything. Yes, for everything. Actually, it's funny because mm. what was it? It's not the McBrig. Did I just have a stroke? It's not Briggs Myers. <laughs> it's the other one that's like the. Anyway, context is my number one mm. superpower, apparently. Really? It's apparently very important in my understanding of the world around me. Context. Mm. Yeah, but I think that's vital because context is everything. It's yeah. like I was, I was saying this as well in terms of like um, every time there's a situation, it, like even it, like intention, right. the context of it, everything the meaning changes behind everything. it. Like you can actually, it's there's no. Because there is no one truth. Exactly. There's only context. Exactly. Because depending on where you're standing, There's looking at the truths. truth. Exactly. There's no one truth. Yeah. So yeah, context. So actually it's really nice sometimes to go back and forth and see what's up. I agree. So now we're going to try this, uh, the gift, the gifted Clus 177. And when I was Googling, as we do before an episode, <laughs> this one, in some areas it says Baselland AOC. 
And then other places say it's like basically Jura, Switzerland. So I don't know what's right. It's, I don't know enough about geography in Switzerland to complete. Oh, yeah, I got to. All right. Channel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, interesting to see. I lost my train of thought. Basel land. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I looked on the map and I guess they're basically next to each other. It's like bordering. So where this wine is from is bordering on Jura. So the wine that we're drinking, just for everybody that's listening, is the 2018 Cluse 177 Pinot Noir Reserve. Yeah. So it's also biodynamic, I think, or at least bio... It's Demeter. Yeah. Demeter as well. And then this is Umstellen, which looks like another... Swiss. Kind of, yes. So it's biologic. And so I guess that's probably the organic certification and that's local. And then there's also the biodynamic certification. So it's another Pinot. But now from a different area. So actually, it's going to be interesting to see hmm. what's up. Yes. If this is more on the, like, do the styles cross borders? Let's have a little. I mean, it's way, it already f- smells like it's going to pucker in the cheeks a little more. Mm. I mean, it's definitely more stim- similar in style to the Marcus Rook Agreed. already. Because it's again, and and you see a little bit that, Again, that kind of lead pencil. Mm-hmm. I've say graphite before, but lead pencil uh, like, or pencil shaving kind of note on the nose. Mm. Yeah, but and it cherry fruit, juicy. almost a little bit more kind of like, I want to say a little bit of bramble. Mm. And this is one that kind of tastes like how it smells. Mm. Nice on the palate. Definitely more brambly on the palate. Mm-hmm. Almost raspberry. But I actually think the pencil shavings also carries yeah. over to the... There's a little wood, yeah. a little... A little bit more fruitiness than the brook. Yeah. Agreed. A little bit more also ripeness, quite... but nice. But also still, like, zingy and... Yeah. There's kind of, like, a, a clarity to the fruit. Yeah. Like, it feels more defined in some right. ways. I agree But a little that. bit... I think... I wish I'd tried the wines before, because actually I would have served that before the Metopia. Right. Because I think after that Metopia, where there's a lot of intensity on the palate, this... But feels I, a bit more yeah. simple. But it might take us somewhere... Ready it might for help the for one. the next one because because we didn't know, it's sort of hard to tell how to put them in order. Yeah. Also with the age, you know, we've got things that might work in that order if they weren't aged so much or... And we don't know. Hmm. And also the grape on the end, I've never had before. No. Because it's a hybrid from mm. Switzerland. So who knows? And this is do we have delicious. any info on this? Clues? Clues. I mean, all I had basically was Do we have a clue on this? No. Basically, the <laughs> uh, I just Googled where it was. Because <laughs> okay. we had a lot to contend with today. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So another... I think in the same thing where they also... Mm. Yeah. Just vibing. This seems to be the Swiss vibe. A bit juicy. Yeah, de- but definitely like more brambly. And oh, there's like a herbal element to this wine that wasn't in the others. And but almost like a licorice or some mm. kind of spice there as well. Licorice, mm. raspberry bush. It's interesting because like... Drawn by pencil. No, they're all, pin- <laughs> all pinots. And the ge- geographically very close to some very famous French regions. I do feel like they're really having their own thing going on. Mm. Like I don't think you would con- necessarily confuse these for being... Burgundy, for no, example. No, at all. Mm. If any, this one, the, yeah. the Rook, maybe. Okay. Just because it's... But they a, do have that... You're right, they have their own... A bit juicy, a bit like... Yeah. I don't know. It's they, a different expression. Yeah, different sure. character. Yeah. Which I'm 
actually, I'm really happy that we chose mm. so many. Maybe we don't know so much about each of the wines today, but it's giving me actually a nice sense of place. Yeah, character and yeah. like what the identity of Swiss wine yeah. is versus some other regions. I mean, to be next door neighbors to Jura and to Burgundy, this is mm. <laughs> some tough tough acts to follow. So it's interesting to see that they're not trying to mimic that they're really just doing their own thing. Yep. Now I know if I want a juicy, fresher mm. kind of Pinot, yep. I'm going to look for Switzerland. 12.6%. I mean, none of these are really that light in alcohol, right? Well, 12.6%. It's quite light. Is it? For a red, oh, yes. Oh, yeah, for a red, okay. Yeah, like this, so the Metopia was 12. The Marcus Rook... Uh, 12.5 and this is uh, 12.6 which is I'm guessing you were given that straight from Switzerland because I think it's an illegal label with 12.6 written on it oh really should be the to the 0.5 to the 0.5 maybe Switzerland's more well in the EU because I was going to say I bet you Switzerland's more because they you know time pieces and whatnot and time you know they're really like no we're more exact (laughs) more exactly (laughs) Uh, yeah, interesting. Mm. Lots to discover, actually. Yes. I'm actually like getting excited about the possibility learning. to go to Switzerland one day. I know, again, because I really enjoy going to Switzerland. Yes, the few times that I've been. Hmm. Lovely. Very nice. Yes. So, last wine is the Ville de Lausanne again. And Rouge it's- sans phare. Gamaret Naturel. So it's and it's Grand Cru Alama. Alama. 2018. Yeah. 14.7. Yeah. Oh la la. This is a. This is, that's why Back you put him on the end. Yes. <laughs> um, so this is also made by my friend Enrico. Uh, and I just Googled a little bit about the grape because I'd never heard of the grape. Gamaret. And it's been, I guess it's around since the 1970s. There's a crossing done in the 70s, which is a cross between Gamay and Reichensteiner, which I also know nothing right. about. <laughs> um, so I'm actually also... Rolls ex- off the tongue, that one, yeah. doesn't it? I don't know why there's some German words that make you just want to yell them. Reichensteiner. Too many films where there's German... Too much yelling, I know. It's the way they Hollywood influences us all. It's true. The villains are always German or English. It's true, right? Yeah, and it's always an American. I don't wanna be a hero. <laughs> like American that song. Hero. Sorry, that song. Every time I hear it, it's the song that I, if I'm like walking badly in heels, or if I see someone else <laughs> walking badly in heels, it's the song, and I do like a troll walk. <laughs> because like, even though Tina Turner has like walked in Manolo Blahniks her entire life. She doesn't master it. <laughs> in that, yeah. it's a bit of a stompy, or it's a look. It's just a vibe. Maybe it's just. I yeah. need another. Oh, it's I don't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't want to be another hero. <laughs> the remix. Yeah. <laughs> so the color on this is, I mean, verging on more purpley. This is yes. definitely a more purple, black, very dark red. Yes, it is. Quite spicy. Lots of baked spices on mm. the nose. There's something also sort of bready about it. Yeah, there's something nutty. I think there could be possibly a touch of oxidation here. Mm. Maybe also... And ripeness. Mm. It's got a little bit of this kind of um, 
sweet almond marzipan kind of note. Totally. Which is oxidation, usually. I mean, it's not unpleasant. But oxidation, when I say oxidation, not as in the, the wine from the bottles oxidise, mm. it could be just like that there was an amount of oxygen. It can be really subtle, but if you're not working with any sulphur, some red grapes can be used to it. This is very interesting. Hmm. It's way more floral than I actually mm. expected it to be. Pretty intense on the palate, isn't it? Wow. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to get these tannins up front, which are lip covering, and the, the alcohol, but then you've kind of got it this kind of dissipates. silkiness yeah. after. Mm. There's something sort of violet about yeah. it. like Definitely. Mm. It was kind of a like surprise on the mouth, to be honest. That's why I was like, ooh. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I mean, Food pairing? Yeah, that's what I'm like, actually reading my mind. I'm like running through what I might, I mean, I feel like, I mean, a steak, like a, just a big old steak. Yeah, or something kind of it stewy. needs something like, goulash. Uh, yeah, uh, the goulash, mm. I feel like, maybe all that sweetness from the peppers mm. is like too sweet. Yeah. I don't know, this is a like, like I just want to smoke cigars and drink it. <laughs> I mean, that's also a pairing. Yeah. Not a food pairing, but it's a, a, it's an something. occasion pairing. Yeah. yeah, I don't know whether... I... I don't love this, if I'm honest. Yeah, that's okay. I think it's a tough one to There's place in a... There's a leafiness a... there as well. <laughs> I find it because interesting because I, because I, can't, really I can't think of an occasion when I would personally mm. drink it. But obviously I know we need to look at things in, a, in broader terms yeah. than that. That's what I'm thinking, like, yeah, cigar, like poker night. Mm. But the sort of, like, it's a really, um... Mm. Wow. It just has, like, a different... I'm trying to sort of, like, figure it out, actually. I mean, the shape of the wine is completely different to the wines we've been trying before. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's 14.5% it's alcohol the legs well. on this bitch. There's still good, yeah. I mean, there's still, what I will say is there's still good acidity there, so yeah. there is some age balance. You think this is maybe something that might soften with age, or you think it's like I a... I think it could soften with age. I don't know if the wine's going to get more complex or more oh, interesting, fair though. Yeah, okay. I mean, that's good yeah. to also... Yeah. But I think... Yeah, I'm really like... I don't know if it needs to soften either, because yeah. it's not like incredibly tan and condensed. It's not like Cabernet, for example. Right. I mean, this is maybe something... I mean, maybe this is the kind of wine you have after dinner. You know? Like, when there's just like some dark chocolate laying around on the table and mm. you've got the cards out and the cigarettes come out right after dinner and you're just yes. kind of like chilling and you could have a cognac or something on the side and it would be like, I mean, I'm a double fister after dinner. I like a little... <laughs> so, we'll drink a 14 and a half percent bottle of red and have some cognac on the Yeah, side. but I could see it. Poker yeah. night, come on. Cigar as well. Yeah, as well. that's, a, that's yeah. a vibe all on its own. It is. And I think actually if you had a, like a spirit on the side of this, it wouldn't fuck it up too much. Yeah. You'd still be like, Bleh. it's a. I mean, not for, for the lighthearted. <laughs> There's an English saying, "In for a penny, in for a pound." <laughs> yeah. This is a go. Go for it. Two feet in. This is the go big or go home. When's like, why would I jump off the low diving board? I'm going to the temperature yeah. every time. I can't swim. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes on everyone else around the pool. Yeah, just has the life life on your hand her when she goes out. It's it's up to you guys to <laughs> yeah. save me. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know. I just actually, it's, I'm going to have to ponder this one yeah. for longer than we have to sit here. Yeah. Because I think... Uh, but that's been great. Like, it's so nice to try them. It's also nice to try a different varietal, right? As totally. Well. I, I think yeah. that's the... And, and there are actually other varietals in Switzerland that I'd be interested to try. But I think we have to go to Switzerland. We do. So, hey, wines of Switzerland. <laughs> We're ready. You, you guys want to talk about yourselves outside of Switzerland? <laughs> We're ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. This has been great fun. It has. Until... Until next time. But so you can find us on Instagram at juice.podcast. And on Twitter at juice underscore podcast. And individually, you can find Gwen at Gwen Douglas on and both Instagram and Twitter. Yes, everywhere. Everywhere. And at Emily Harmon at Vina Lupa. Yeah, so just Vina Lupa. Yeah, at Vina Lupa. We'll just write it down so you don't get confused by what we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, until next time. Gamma ray. Gamma. Yeah. <laughs> wee wee. Gamma <laughs> <Capital. laughs>